0: What do you desire? Well, if you are somebody who has responded invited Jesus Christ into your life, that's a good question to ask. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hibbert.
1: And I'm Janice. And this
0: is Bible Discovery TV, a program taking you through the Bible today. We talk about Romans 12. We'll be doing that in about five minutes' time. It is a good program as we focus on this. We've got a few other things coming. Ryan is one of them. Ryan?
2: Well, in Romans 12, Paul quotes a proverb that might be a little hard for us to understand. So my segment today attempts to
0: bring clarity to that. All right. Very good. Look forward to that, Ryan.
1: Janice? Well, it's Friday again. So that means we have another fun-filled Friday question for you. I have looked from Acts chapter 24 all the way through Romans 12. And I'm going to ask a question somewhere from there. I hope you're ready.
0: All right. There you go. Greg in North Carolina. I tell you, (laughs) he's doing real good, by the way. And he says he got your last question. So that's good. Good, Greg. All right. Let's see what God tells us.
1: Romans twelve, nine through twenty one. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21.
0: Romans, I love this book. Uh, It is an amazing book. Paul writes to the church at Rome in the times of the first century. And uh, it's great. Romans 11, 12 is what we read today. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we often say things to each other that only we get and understand as Christians, people. Some people call it Christianese. But these statements may not make sense to those who are not Christians. Now, a good example of this is when we say that we live for the Lord. What does that mean? Um, What do we mean by that? Living for the Lord. Explaining our lifestyle or hoping God is hard in a world where the only hope is in our human condition. That's our only hope. Yet the hope of Christians is not in this world, but it's in the future to come through Jesus Christ. We need to learn how to communicate better to this world, what we mean by the next world to come. And you may be watching this, trying to figure out what I'm talking about because you don't understand. You've never heard Jesus Christ before. Keep listening. This speaks about our eternal life, this talk of Jesus Christ, which begins now. Now, many do not know what the next life will look like or feel like or be like, but believers in Jesus are given much to live for and think about now. How we live in this world affects how we will exist in eternity. How we live in this world now affects how we exist in eternity. Romans chapter 12, Paul addresses the church at Rome and us today about how we should live our lives before God and how to live with each other in this world now how to live with each other. Now, this is so significant today because everything the Bible says is significant. We need to pay attention to it. I mean, this is a good one. Uh, I want to say that as we focus on Romans, uh, we we are looking at this from the point of view of a Christian. And we're going to talk about that. Chapter 12 is a living sacrifice to God. That's what we're talking And as we do that, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, these are the verses we're going to look at. And Father, help us today as we get our Bible guides out, teach us your way and show us your paths, because this is instruction and we need to hear you. And, uh, you know, we can't, I'm not going to, I'm going to just talk about your word, you know. People are going to make decisions on the other side of the camera, but help us to communicate what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We need to communicate what God is saying. So what is he saying? Well, let's take a look. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. (laughs) Are you serious? That's what he starts with? That's exactly right. Paul says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be real. Abhor what is evil. Oh my goodness. Cling to what is good. Wow. On television, internet and everything else be kindly affectionate to one another without or with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another, social media, Twitter, and Facebook, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Oh, my goodness. As Christ followers, we should think carefully about what we desire in our lives. How we live as followers of Christ is seen by those who do not know him. There are probably people watching me now who are not Christian and have said this. Well, I'll be a Christian when I see one. Well, I want to tell you something. That's not how you judge God. You taste and see for yourself. But nevertheless, your point is well taken. Many Christians have not lived like Christ has told them to live. And so we need to come back to God and say, Lord, help me to live like you want me to live. That's important. Let's read on. Romans chapter 12. Verses 14 to 16. Bless those who persecute you. Oh my goodness, here comes the persecuted church. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate With the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. (laughs) This is written for today. As Christians, we are not to take on a prideful, all knowing attitude. As Christ followers, we are not to take on a prideful, all knowing attitude. We should learn to work with each other and not lord over each other. Oh my goodness, this is a really good one for Facebook and YouTube and all the rest of the social media, TikTok and everything else. We need to focus our attention on serving God, not on what we think, what we think, what we think. It's all about what we think. No, it's not. It's about Jesus Christ, beloved, as Christians. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ that's who we lift up. That is who we talk about. That is who we live for. Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, He is the Lord. He's the one we point to. He's the one we live for. Very important. Help us, Lord. Romans 12, verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things. In the sight of all men, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. This is very important. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, listen carefully. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We don't need to get even. God will do it. Verse 21 or verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, your enemy, not your friend, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. What does that mean? It means that you'll make him mad. He he won't understand. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Christians are called to minister God's peace to this world. We're called to do that. We need the Lord's strength to live the way he desires us to be in this world. We need the Lord's strength to live the way that he desires us to be in this world. What an important point. Listen. Father, help us today. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to people. Speak to me, Lord. Help me to live this way. Because, Father, it's so easy for us to jump on things. Help us not to do that, but help us to live as you desire. Hi, Rod Hembry. we go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting, it's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
2: Welcome back to the program. Today, we read Romans chapters 11 and 12. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 20, Paul quotes Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22, which instructs us that if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Now, while the message of this proverb is clear, which is to love your enemies and return evil with good, what we want to focus on is the result because the result is that you will heat burning coals on your enemy's head. Now, that's a very interesting image, and we want to try and figure out what it means and what it's referring to. So let's do that. Although a human's natural tendency is to love his friends and hate his enemies, Solomon in Proverbs 25 verses 21 and 22 goes against the grain by suggesting to his readers that if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heat burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The Apostle Paul, who directly quoted this proverb in Romans 12.20, also admonishes his readers to do likewise, and the Messiah Jesus so too stressed this principle in Matthew 5.44. Interestingly, certain extra-biblical wisdom literature also admonishes such behavior. For instance, an ancient Egyptian work advises the wise person to shame fools or their enemies by pulling them out of deep water and by feeding them once bread until they are so full that they are ashamed. Similarly, the precepts and admonitions in Babylonian wisdom literature states that the wise man should not return evil to the man who disputes with you and should, in fact, smile on your adversary. While this is almost certainly the direction in which this proverb is going, Solomon's metaphor of heaping burning coals on the head remains somewhat obscure. One possibility is that it's a reference to a particular Assyrian punishment in which hot asphalt was poured on the offender's head. The problem with this is that Proverbs 25 refers to coals, not hot tar. In fact, this Assyrian practice sounds a lot more like the punishment of tarring and feathering that we read about in more recent historical accounts. A second and more likely possibility is that Solomon was referring to an Egyptian ritual in which a guilty person, as a sign of repentance, carried a basin of glowing coals on the head. In other words, by being kind to your enemy, you cause them to become red in the face through embarrassment and move them to repent. But it's important to understand that in this context, coals of fire doesn't refer to revenge or punishment, but to the pangs of shame that will lead to reconciliation. Indeed, the imagery of the burning coals represents pangs of conscience, more readily affected by kindness than by violence. The wise and godly advice of Solomon, Paul, and Jesus is very clear. We must love our enemies and return evil with good, in hopes that our adversary will be moved to repentance. But even if they aren't, Solomon promises in Proverbs 25.22 that the Lord will surely reward you. Therefore, contrary to our sinful instincts, we must love our enemies and overcome evil with good, no matter what. So this metaphor may or may not be referring to an old Egyptian custom in which a guilty person as a sign of repentance carried a basin of glowing coals on the head. And just like their faces would become red from the heat, our enemies become red in the face from embarrassment because of our kind and loving response. But whether this is the exact image Solomon had in mind or not, the message of Solomon and Paul and Jesus is still crystal clear. We must never return evil with evil, but return evil with good, and love and pray for our enemies and our persecutors. Not only is this the right thing to do as believers in Jesus Christ, but by doing so, our enemies may be drawn into repentance and actually become our friends. And becoming our friends may lead them into a saving relationship with Christ Jesus. So, this is an important life
0: lesson from Solomon, Paul and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I, I I, like getting mad at people. I like, <laughs> you know, coming down on them and being right all the time and, you know, telling them, interesting. Yeah, that's the natural They're, human that's, inclination that's, for sure, yeah. I mean, social media makes us do that and that's the human. That's response. sin, yeah. Very, very interesting. Janice?
1: Well, are you ready for the question? That's what I'm gonna ask. Cal and Ryan. Cal, this is your second one that you had to sit through. I got it through. wrong
3: last time. Well, that's Jeez
1: all right. On for two questions. That's all right. Because I always tell people, Cal, even if you get the wrong answer, it's okay. Because that's how we learn, right? Exactly. I yeah. and some questions you would ask me about Genesis, I probably would miss. Yeah. So it goes both ways. All right. Here we go. What was the name of the lawyer hired to give evidence against Paul to the governor? What was the name of the lawyer hired to give evidence against Paul to the governor? It's not an easy question if you Hmm. haven't read the portions of Scripture that I'm talking about. Was it Felix? Was it Ananias? Or was it Tertullus? Which of the three? Felix, Ananias, Or Tertullus?
0: What do you
2: think, Rod? Who are
1: we talking about? Yeah,
2: this is a tough question. Uh, I think I'm going to go with number three, Tertullus. Tertullus?
1: What do you think? Number two? two. Okay. What do you think, Rod? You're going with three? What about you at home? I know there's a lot of you that keep up and uh, text me and email me to tell the right answer. If you guessed answer three, Tertullus, then you are absolutely right. I can hear Cal yeah. beside me. People ah. are like, I'm
3: never going to listen to this guy. <laughs> guy doesn't know his Bible. Doesn't know what he's talking oh about. Oh my goodness. I was like, well, well Acts, there's,
0: there's a difference between knowing your Bible and these little details. That's yeah. right. So Acts
1: yeah. 24.1, always check out my answers to make sure that I'm steering you in the right way. Acts 24.1. Now, after five days, Ananias, the high priest came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullus. These gave evidence to the governor against Paul. And of course, Felix was the governor. So. Very good. There you go.
0: Calvin Smith (laughs) is the executive director of Answers in Genesis Canada. And that, of course, is Ken Ham's organization. uh, And Ken, of course, is the uh, president of Answers in Genesis in the United States of America. But It's interesting, you've done some videos and your Mm -hmm. videos were on the people called Freak Show that they're really good. And uh, and you've done all of that sort of thing. But my my question comes back to when you start talking about things, we started a little bit with Margaret Sanger last time. But you you start talking about some of these historical people and people who have been respected. And and I know it's been very in fashion to knock down statues and all of that.
3: Oh, yeah. Revisionist history. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: exactly. And so, so how do we come out of that? How do we, how do we not, not come out of knocking down statues, because we're not, but come out of where is the truth? And you're doing what to get us to understand the truth?
3: Yeah, I, I think there have been some good things you know, we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, people have become quite suspicious, and they, I think they've come to realize like, hey, some of these things that I just took as truth verbatim, from different institutions and stuff like that. Perhaps I should, you know, rethink this through a bit. And and why do I believe what I believe, you know? Um, I've done that ever since I got saved because as I start started reading the Word of God, I, I'd be looking at it and going, okay, that's not the way my brain is thinking and this is the authority, so I gotta change my thinking, not change what the Bible says, right? And so, really, we're, we're trying to get people to, to consider even the historical, um, nature of some of the things that have been taught as science and fact. And so one of the things answers in Genesis always does is makes the differentiation between operational science and historical science. Because many Christians think, well, evolution is science, because scientists talk about evolution. But we're not anti-science, right? If you want to set up, set up an experiment in a laboratory and figure out what water boils at at sea level, it's pretty simple. You take a pot of water, stick it on there, crank it up to heat, and when it boils, put it in a thermometer. Guess what you're going to get? 100 degrees Celsius. Every time, doesn't matter where you are on the planet. It's repeatable, observ- observable, operational, etc. What kind of experiment could you set up in a lab showing me ape-like creatures turning into people? Mm-hmm. You can't do that what you do is you set up a series of skulls and you say, we think this one turned into that one. We believe this one. Yeah, you believe it, but you didn't see it. That's Mm. called faith. Mm. So, so when you're talking about things that supposedly happened in the past, what you're doing is looking at a fact in the present, right? So let's say you're an evolutionist and I'm a creationist. We walk up to a rock layer. There's a fossil in there. We're like, there's a dead thing in the rock layer, right? And you're Mm. like, yep, dead thing. And then, You're going to say, well, I think that's 70 million years old. And I'm going to say, I think that got put there about 4,400 years ago in the Great Flood. Same fact. Mm -hmm, We're mm -hmm. observing the same thing. There isn't an observation that we make that we don't agree with. It's the interpretation of those facts. Right. So when I'm explaining historical science to people, I say, well, think of like a courtroom situation where you've got a murder happen. The CSI people come in. They didn't observe who shot who. There's the dead body. They start collecting facts. It goes to court. Here's the body of facts. Here's a prosecutor. Here's a defense lawyer. They're looking at the same facts. Same as me and you looking at the dead thing in the rock layer. Mm -hmm. They look at the same facts, but... The prosecutor has a bias. They have a preconceived notion that these facts are going to prove that the defendant is guilty. So when they get up and they explain the facts, they explain it to the jury according to that presupposition. It's obvious that Mr. Smith walked into the room, pulled his gun, and blah, blah, blah. They tell a a narrative, a story. Defense lawyer gets up. No, 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 no. Look at the facts my way. And they reinterpret the exact same facts and give a different account of history. And I ask people, how can you have two different accounts of history based on the same facts. Mm -hmm. Lawyers are biased. I'm biased, you're biased, everybody's biased. Mm -hmm. So my bias as a Christian is that this is the Word of God and I can trust it implicitly from the very first verse to the very last. And that's what you guys teach, that's why I love being on the show. But if you grew up like i did and your presupposition was evolution was was fact and then you're going to take those facts and interpret it according to what that history they teach is then you're going to come to a different conclusion but it's the same facts you're looking at it's the difference between operational science which everybody agrees with cell phones medical technology that's all produced through operational repeatable observable science What you think about how we got here in the past, that's a totally different type of science. That's origin science.
0: So operational science and then, of course, historical science. Mm -hmm. Two different things. Very, very interesting. Now you also do preaching and or, or you go around and make presentations in churches yep
3: absolutely and
0: uh, so how's that going and are you doing that now all of
3: that <laughs> well I what I've found is still in Canada there's some apprehension as to people you know gathering and, and and stuff like that we lost about six major conferences within three months of you know when covid hit and, and things like that I have been out uh, preaching at churches and 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 so on but of course many churches are just trying to you know reconstruct after after you know Know, several years of, of not gathering and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. So, we've been focusing primarily on video production. And uh, so, I still produce a, a show called Creation Basics. And uh, people can access that on our on our Answers in Genesis Kennedy YouTube channel. We do feature videos. I've got a podcast called Great Conversations. You guys have both been on that. We've got to have you back again real soon. Well, maybe we should have you on Genesis. We'll have a great conversation with you. Actually,
0: she would be great. Yes,
3: I, I believe she would. Okay,
0: so but if somebody wants to in Canada have you in their church, yep. they would simply call.
3: Sure. Just go to answers and and you can get all the contact information in there. I'd love to come in and, and do a conference. Yeah. And
0: they'll do that in the states at answers in Dot .com, right? Uh, dot .org, yeah. Or, or dot .org. Yeah, org.
3: whatever country you're in, if you just go answers in genesis.org, it'll it'll, you know, route you to the to oh, whichever.
0: Okay. And then on the next program we're, we're going to talk about when we when we first started and what we did and and that was years ago, but it was a lot of fun. It was. Tie it. Mm-hmm. We the anyway, We'll talk about that on the next program because we don't really have time to talk about it on this one. But nevertheless, this is a, a very important process. And I would recommend that if you are a person who goes to church or if you are a pastor watching, uh, let me just recommend that they, they, they're talking about the authority of God's word. Uh, in other words, God put it together and gave it to us. And so if you believe in the authority of God's word, you should have them into your church. So make the phone call or or rather not the phone call. You can go to the website that's easieranswersingenesis.org or answersingenesis.ca. Go to the website and discover the best way to have them in your church. I would strongly recommend it. We had them in, uh, we had you in four times. It was amazing. Anyway, it changed everything. So it was good. Right now, let's get back to the program and we'll continue in prayer as we have a list of people who've written their prayer requests. Let's pay attention to that. Praying As we come off the prayer, we're going to pray again, but I want to remind you that we are live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery. Bible Discovery is where I sit, but we're on Facebook and YouTube as well, and we'll pray for you. But today, as we've talked about this from Romans chapter 12, very interesting, isn't it? We have to pray this way, Lord, I desire your Holy Spirit to be front and center in my life. Help me to be that way and help me to live that way in Jesus' name. Amen.